Good afternoon, team. So it's been a minute. I haven't been able to report, record a podcast because it's been uh, it's been a busy, busy, busy summer, and I've been pretty lazy as well on the social media and podcasting fronts. But I've got a good one for you. This podcast that's coming up now is with a colleague and friend of mine called Gaz. He's a life coach. He's a PT, and he's going to sort you out. So listen in. Hope you enjoy it. That's and it's more of a five-year kind of plan. Yeah. To this is where I'd like to be when I'm yeah. fifty. Because realistically, all got, we've all got those five-year plans. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've got a five-year plan. Everybody's got a five-year plan. Yeah, I think you've got always got a twelve-month plan, three-year plan, five-year plan. Yeah. You you've be, got to you know? have them in there. It's good to. It's almost like people say dreaming, but it's not for me. It's goal setting. Yeah. You're not really dreaming about your plans, your goal. That's setting. it. It's, yeah. Because you know a dream without a purpose a goal a dream about a goal yeah it's just a dream you're never going to get there you're never going to implement what you want to implement yeah and i think as well a lot of it when we talk about these goals these like even the long-term goals is sometimes it's fine to have a goal of what you want later in life yeah but you're not ready for it right now right yeah it's like like for instance some people aspire to own in their own home yeah now don't get me wrong, at some point, I would like to own my own property. Yeah. But at the moment, this isn't my forever spot. Yeah. So why do I, would I want to buy a home here yeah. when there's a huge cost involved in buying it, then selling it, to then move elsewhere? Yeah. I, I now actively tell people when I get into a conversation with them about having a mortgage or, you know, life in general. And I say to him, like, I regret getting a mortgage because I feel that I'm now trapped. Trapped. I mean, I spent from 20, 2009 up until 2020 traveling around, living yeah. in so many different places. And it just kind of, you know, that's what I was used to. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My missus was getting a little bit annoyed with it, moving around all the time and stuff, but living away, living in Spain, living in Jib, living all over the place. It kind of it's what you get used to. Yeah, I've been yeah. here for four years. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe, it's your feet it's a little, feet bit. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. So I don't know. But it's it's a difference. Like obviously your your kids are growing up, yeah. my kids still. Yeah, you so almost kind of, kind of need right that stability. It's, for all, them, it's don't just you? that knowledge, isn't it, of knowing that oh crap I'm stuck. And there's almost this like emphasis that's still coming from like the boomer generation of like, yeah, you need to get a mortgage. Yeah. I had a mortgage when I was when I was twenty. It was like, Yeah, but houses cost about yeah. 30 grand back then do you know what I mean? like it's and i've been cheaper. there and done that yeah yeah you know i'm yeah. 45 this year by yeah. 24 i did have the mortgage yeah. in the house yeah. you know circumstances changed yeah. and obviously but i've got an inherited house yeah it's a tiny little mortgage yeah but it's not mine anymore it's no. now yeah. the kids mums yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. situations That's are how they are yeah. You know, I'm one of them people that would have benefited from a generational wealth pass, pass yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't because yeah. of 
my actions that took me in a different direction because yeah. I wasn't happy there. Yeah. But by that point, I had kids, and it's like, well, I need to give that house to yeah. them now. It's almost like starting afresh. Yeah, yeah. so come 31, I started again. Yeah. Like I was 21 again. So I'm, although I'm like part of the generation that should be sorted and secure, I've almost like joined the next generation yeah. down yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I ended up starting again. I don't think though nowadays, like there's all, you, you put people into these boxes, don't you? Of like, yeah. you should be doing this in life right now. Yeah. You should be doing this in life right now. Oh no, this and is, they, yeah. you know, and like, I don't think you can really do that in this day and age because no. everybody's at different times. Everybody's yeah. a, that whole kind of uh 2.4 children from the 80s and 90s has kind it. of and the thing evolved is, into what what we do now and some people are happy in a family and some people you know a lot more people um i think it's a lot more accepting now to start again yeah. in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s there is you, no kind of time on no, anything yeah. anymore it's not like and this is a, a big thing about life coaching is it's for a lot of where my kind of niche area is based on my own experience yeah. is those people that have hit that point. Yeah. They want to say midlife crisis, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but almost not because it can happen at any point where you, you reach a point in your life and you go, you know what? This isn't right. For me. This is not what I want. And it's like, you know, it's not what you want but you're not 100% sure how to kind of move away from it or which direction, what the step is. So would you say that it's kind of, is it a fear? Is it people's fear to leave what they're used to? I think that's a big part of it. But I think as well, it's a yeah, almost... A feeling of being trapped because yeah. we are in this kind of situation where money is an issue for a lot of people yeah. and i would hazard a guess that there's a lot of people out there in jobs that they don't like yeah, absolutely. in relationships that they don't like yeah. and there is the fear of i've got to start all over again yeah. but there's also a, i can't afford to start all over again yes Okay. Like so, people end up being stuck in these lives. Which they're not happy in. They're not happy in in any. And the thing is, once you're not happy in one part of your life, a lot of the time that just bleeds out into yeah. so many other parts. And it could start with just not being happy at work and not enjoying your job, but there'll be some kind of benefit of that job, um, like they'll the money might be okay or yeah. the hours are okay yeah. or whatever it is Stuck but it's not quite bad enough to leave but you kind of stuck in this enough yeah so you're, what you're talking about now kind of it's reminding me of 2020 yeah. yeah i wasn't coaching i couldn't i didn't all the gyms were closed i hadn't been back in the uk for long enough to really cement myself back into the industry in the uk yeah i had to go get a job in a factory yeah. yeah, and it really put a massive. Not only did it have an emphasis on my mental health, but it also, like you said before, bled over 
into my relationships, yeah. into the relationship with my wife, into the relationship with my daughter, into the relationship with my friends. I didn't want to see anybody. Yeah. I became very insular, yeah? And yeah. It, uh, it had a massive effect on me. I'm just going to stop here for one minute and introduce you because yeah. we've been rolling now for about <laughs> eight minutes. Okay, yeah, and I've not yeah. actually introduced you yet, right? Yeah. So uh, Gaz, life coach, personal trainer, coach, Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but just a little bit about what got you into what you're doing now and why. Okay, so uh, so originally uh, in my 20s, I joined the police. I was yeah. a police officer. And as cliche as it's going to sound, I, I, you know, when you're filling in the application form and it's like, why do you want to be a police officer? And it was like, to help people. I, I kind of feel that I have this yeah. genuine kind of want to inspire and help other people. And I, I did that for 11 years, but very quickly within that, you kind of realize that you're not so much helping people as just sticking plasters here, there yeah. and everywhere. And I got to the point where I wasn't even dealing with the public because of the unit that I was on. And it's just kind of targeting very low and stuff yeah. wasn't really resolving anything or helping anything and you almost get left with this kind of sense of what am i doing here mm -hmm. um so you feel that you outgrew that career yeah and i think for a lot of people you're not the same person at 30 as you were at 20. Absolutely not. like values change we grow so much as people within that time you yeah. kind of just entering adulthood at 20 mm -hmm. just starting to get to yeah. know yourself but you don't really fully know yourself. It's a bit of a joke to ask people what they want to do for the rest of their life. I mean, because the way that careers are set out, you think what you choose to do when you go to college and uni is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's absolutely ridiculous to expect people to know what they're going to want to do when they're 30 and 40. Exactly. I, I say this to my kids. They're just 16 now. And they don't know what they want to do. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't need to know what you want to do. I was like, you don't have to live by anybody else's kind of time scale of yeah. you should do this at this age and this at this age. For me, I, I mean, I've said to them, if you want to go to uni, great, go to uni. Yeah. If you don't and you want to go traveling, great, yeah. go traveling. I was like, my personal advice to anybody would be, unless you specifically know exactly what you want to do at that age and you need a specific qualification, degree, whatever, yeah. to get that job, then just go and experience life yeah, instead. Go and get some life experience. You can go to uni, you can get qualifications at any, any point age. in your life, but you're going to get yourself in a lot of student debt mm -hmm. that you've got to pay off for the rest of your life if you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Then I don't personally see the value in I doing that. feel exactly the same. I never went to uni. I went and got a job and then I joined the military and... I don't regret it one little bit because if I'd have gone to uni, I'd have probably gone and studied music. Yeah. I'm now a strength and conditioning coach. It's completely so different. It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different turnaround, you know? And um, yeah, it just completely changes from your 20s into your 30s. Yeah. Right. And just things like, you know, you just can't be expected to know what you want to do at no. that age. So, police. So, yeah, police. Now, during my time in the police, few things happened yeah uh first thing was losing my dad um then two years after that losing my mum okay 
that was just around the time the kids were born. There was a lot going on. And I almost did have this existential crisis and uh, I'd say a midlife crisis, but I was in my late 20s at the time. But I looked at it in a sense of both of my parents were 55 when they passed away. Right. And I was like, if this is my midpoint. It's very young. It's very young, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the the old cliche of life is short. For them, yeah, life was short. If we're lucky, life isn't short. We'll, we'll live when to his 80s, 90s. Yeah. And they're even saying people now because of medical. Yeah. Could be into the hundreds. I fully expect. Unless you get run over by a bus, I fully expect. Yeah. There's that much there to keep people alive yeah. now. And so I, d I don't always think life is short. It can be short, mm. but I don't. I think if we get the chance to live a full life, it's not necessarily short. What I do find the issue for most people is, is more of a wasted life than a yeah. short life. And I kind of looked at my whole situation and it was like, I'm not happy. And I knew that the kid's mum wasn't happy either. And I was like, why are we kind of doing this if yeah. neither of us are happy? Yeah. It's no good for the kids if neither of us are happy. Yeah. And that was the first thing that happened was uh, the separation there. Yeah. And then realising this isn't the job that I want to do for the rest of my life either. I'm not helping people. I feel like I'm not living up to my purpose. I had an interest in fitness and health and uh, strength training and thought that might be the best place. I mean, part of the reason my mum passed away was ischemic heart disease through okay. obesity. Okay. So I had a kind of thing there. And obviously the, the tie-in without health and fitness uh, reduces the, the all-cause mortality yeah. risk. Yeah. So I was like, this is an area where I have knowledge and I feel like I can actually can help, help people. people. So I left the police and transitioned into going self-employed. And that was a big risk going from a, I've got this, not bad wage. It's that security, isn't it? Yeah. It's that having that security. Knowing it's a job for life if you want it, you know, realistically, unless you screw up. Yeah. You ain't getting fired. Yeah, yeah. You've got to really mess up to get fired. Yeah. Um, so it was there for as long as I wanted it. And obviously a good pension. Yeah. And to go from that guaranteed income, that guaranteed retirement at 55, yeah. Yeah. Um, to going self-employed, yeah, yeah, big risk. But after Just after starting again. Yeah, after, after starting yeah, again yeah. Like, on my own, like say giving up the house and everything, like we said and at starting the start, all over. Be, that's the main thing that scares a lot of people, right? Is yeah. Financially, can you cut it? Can on you your do own? it? And I will say, like when we talked about fear, now, yeah, fear can stop people doing a lot of things, but it can also be a big driver for people as well, mm. because I put myself in a situation where. It was make or break, and it was a case of you've got to do this. There is no other option. Yeah. Like, and that is enough to push you to do the things that you need to do to make it successful. I dread to think how many business plans 
are on laptops around the country just yeah. sitting there because people are too well you're too comfortable, comfortable in one yeah. area you almost need you almost need to get fired yeah to make a like to give you the kick up when, the arse you know losing a job or being made redundant can be quite a obviously it's, it's never good no but a lot of the time good things come out of it that's the same as relationships i would imagine yeah i imagine that you're happier now right than yeah. you you were and yeah. that probably took quite a while i'm assuming to actually get that realization it's weird when you when it first happens because obviously after such a long relationship yeah. uh, but you know we've always worked together with the kids yeah. um to make sure we've never had any kind of conflict yeah. where it's like the kids have always come first yeah yeah um and we've worked our relationship in making sure the kids are okay yeah um so yeah it's uh it's tough but i think overall it was the best thing for her it was the best thing for me and it was the best thing for the kids yeah to do that and yeah it's tough starting over but again it's something that needs to be done and you will adapt to your situations we will always adapt to the situations as as a life coach I had no idea what it, what it was, what it entailed. But even just from talking to you for like the last 10 minutes, I feel like now I understand how you can help people yeah. to make the big decisions. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, any, any change in your life is, is always going to be hard. It's always going to be difficult. There's always going to be upset. Yeah. Right, and having somebody there to sort of guide you through it and almost mentor your mentor you through that's exactly life, it. Um, you know, seems to be a, a good thing. So when so when you left the police and you you were PTing for how long after you left? Uh, so well, it's ten years since I left the police now. Okay. So obviously, I'm still PTing now. Yeah, um, I went to freelance with a company yeah. initially. Um, and it was good to be fair they gave lots of training and I think it was a big help in uh, building that client base up yeah. because alongside that uh, freelancing with the rent that we paid you had a mentor you had your own coach yeah. that was there for business coaching life coaching whatever you needed yeah and I think that was part of the thing that kind of then led me towards the coaching yeah. side. So as I was PTing people, I'd sometimes find, you know, and you'll know this yourself, sometimes yeah. you get clients come in and you can see they're yeah. just not quite in the right yeah. frame of mind for lifting. Yeah. And they'll come because it's booked in and they don't want to let you down. <laughs> yeah. But you can see the session isn't maybe going to go as... Flat. Yeah. Yeah. So what I started doing was going, right, What's up with you? no lifting, let's get to the office yeah. and we'd come and we'd sit down and say, right, yeah, tell me what, what the problem is. Yeah. And they just start offloading. Yeah. And sometimes those sessions were so much more valuable for them because you were able to get them into a better frame of mind. Yeah, so you were exercise the mind. Yeah. yeah. So although we'd done no physical exercise during it, had I not done that, 
the following week may have been bad, two yeah. weeks, whatever, and eventually they stop seeing yeah. the results that they've been getting or Compound until they're able to, to get it out. effective shit, in it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Over and sometimes, I mean, PT, hairdresser, beautician, we're all kind of there yeah. to vent. Like, people may not even realise themselves, but let's say coming for an hour for a, a PT session, it might be that only hour of the week that they get to themselves yeah. without the kids, without the job, without, you know, being at home. And it, it's their hour. And it's somebody it's there somebody that actually is listening to them. Just going to sit there and listen. Yeah. You know, just going to sit there and listen. And that's invaluable. So I, I kind of like wanted to allude to that with the, it's almost like a natural progression for yourself, isn't yeah. it? Going into that thing. I think you get to a point as a coach where, you kind of got to find your niche and yeah. some people find their niche in, you know, strength training, bodybuilding, whatnot, whatnot. And then you'll get the odd few that are very, very good at listening and very, very good at talking like yourself. And I've got experience. Like you've, you've said like already, like the experience that you've got, the things that you've gone through in your life that gives you a little bit of sort of knowledge and a little bit of empathy, I think, yeah. to what other people are going through. So... So yeah, so what? So was it a natural progression into life coaching? Yeah. Or so was it a, an actual decision. Was there a sort of mechanism that me, me, made you go, "I'm going to be a life coach now"? So the main thing was actually COVID, where it happened. So I'd been doing it with clients, yeah. like in terms of if here and there, if they were having a, a bad time, it's like, yeah, okay, let's sack the exercise session. Yeah. Let's go work on this. Yeah. And they were genuinely benefiting from that um, to the point where sometimes people come in and say, I, I need a coaching session rather than this. Yeah. Uh, and we go and do that. And then uh, before COVID, I was very busy as a PT. I had a big amount of rent to pay, mm -hmm. but, uh, who I was freelancing for. Um, and as a result, I was doing 35 plus hours of actual physical PT, yeah. couple that with everything else that goes on around, as mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and you're probably talking about doing nearly 50 hours a week. Sounds of, like me now. <laughs> yeah. And in COVID hits, yeah. and the thing is, prior to that, you just do it. You just get on with it. Like, I'm, like I, yeah. will, I will actively say to people, people moan about their jobs, and I'm like, nah, I've got the best job in the world. Yeah. But when you do put it all in and you know, you're charging whatever you charge for an hour's worth of PT and people are like, Oh, that's quite expensive. I was like, not really because no. yeah, I'm only doing that hour with you, but take away the tax, Everything else. take away the programming, take away all the planning and prep that goes into it. And it yeah. is probably about 50 to 60 hours a week yeah. worth of actual work that you put into your business. And really, you never really switch off there. No, that's you it. Really you constantly, off. because you, you'll get messages outside oh, yeah. of work. Yeah. Um, and then like I say, we have, a floor rent to pay yeah. as well yeah. um, that you've got to factor you've got to into it. that. Um, so, yeah, I was working a lot, but I was finding come my actual time off, I was so exhausted. Like even weekends, I'd have the kids and I was, I was too exhausted to, to do, do the things that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. So I kind of left this life that I had to kind of give myself more of what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then I almost built that up to the point where I was working so much. And although I enjoyed what I was doing, I didn't have the freedom or the, the like, energy outside of it mm. to do the other things that yeah. I enjoyed doing. Yeah. 
COVID hit, and obviously that had an impact on us because we're in-person personal trainers and we could no longer be in-person. Luckily, I have very good clients and the vast majority of them straight away was like, right, let's get these. And uh, I found some exercise bands that were relatively inexpensive for people to buy, sent everyone links out. I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going on video. I've got these bands. You get these bands. I can show you what to do through the screen. You do it, yeah. and we'll we'll keep you going for the few weeks that this is yeah. going to be. Yeah. Obviously, it was more than a few weeks. Yeah. But I wasn't doing as much because obviously not everyone not can everybody, do that. Yeah. And even though we were locked in and we, we could go out for walks and everything like that, I kind of sat there. I was like, you know what? I feel like I have more freedom now, and I feel in a better frame of mind now than what I did when we weren't locked in and I was doing yeah. all of this. Yeah. And it was at that point I made the decision to uh, leave that gym and come to area yeah. um, and cut my hours down yeah. massively and have a real focus on um, enjoying life and having that balance. good balance. Yeah. Now, I always talk about work-life balance as, I don't like that phrase, puts work first, okay, okay. and yeah. you're supposed to balance life, life around work, whereas life in itself is so many different factors. You know, you've got your friends and family, you've got your significant other relationship, yeah. if you have one, you've got what you do for fun and leisure, uh, you've got your own spiritual growth, personal growth, and so many factors and we go we've got work and we've got life it's like no we've got everything yeah. and the idea is to balance everything i've never thought of it like that because you do you, yeah you're right you put work first and then it's almost like yeah get your work sorted get your business sorted and then life is going to have to yeah fit in, fit around, in around work that, where really your work should fit in around your life yeah the whole reason we work and the whole reason like it doesn't matter how much you love your job we're all doing it for money yeah, yeah, because money makes the world go round, and That's money it. is at the end of the day, money is everything. Yeah, yeah, you it need is. it for life. You need it. And I always used an analogy when talking about goals with clients to say, when people come and say, oh, I'm, "I'm not motivated to do this or that or whatever it may be," and I say, "Well, are you motivated to go to work, regardless of whether you enjoy your job or not? Are you motivated to go to work every day? No. Do you still do it?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I need the money. I don't want to get the sack or whatever it may yeah. be. And it's like, well, you need to apply that same logic to your goal. You do that because you have to do that, not because you've got the motivation to do it. When we're looking at our goals, we've got to apply that same logic. We've got to want it as much. Yeah. Motivation as that. is not as strong as discipline. No. Yeah, like don't, like being motivated is amazing, but being disciplined yeah. is much better, isn't it? It's much better. You've got that discipline. It forms into habits. habits. Yeah. It's like we realistically, most people never have to think about brushing the teeth. No, because it's just a habit. It's not something that they want to do or don't want to do. They you just do, do it. it. And that's kind of where you, you need to get to mm. with the habits that are going to get you towards what you want to achieve. Yeah. Is it almost becomes second nature. Right. As you're going through, you just kind of get up and you that's what you do. But yeah, so, you know, a lot of people 
put work first because we need money. Yeah. And it is unfortunate that the whole world is based around money. Although we, you are seeing a kind of buck in the trend, I think, with younger people these yeah. days. And I saw uh, a video, it was on a news report from Australia. And I think because how even though people say how much better life is over there, like that's in a similar situation to us. House prices are sky high. Yeah. And this younger generation, they interviewed a few and they were kind of like, well, why should we get on the corporate ladder? Why should we be doing this yeah. to work ourselves silly for something we can't afford anyway when we can just go and enjoy life? just go and have a surf. And just have a job in a coffee shop yeah. and then go and go surfing in the you afternoon. You kind of realise yeah. you don't need that much money to actually survive. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a figure and unfortunately we get ourselves sometimes to a point where... I've got this loan and I've got this mortgage yeah. and I've got this and everybody, I need that. I think that. everybody's in some sort of debt, whether it's a credit card or a mortgage yeah. or a personal loan or whatever. Um, but, you know, I think there seems to be this thing that I, I fall, I've, you know, fallen for it as well. This sort of like wealth, just trying to build on, just get as much as you can, get as much as you can. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, what does wealth mean to you? Because I know what wealth means to me, and it isn't just money. No, that's it. Wealth to me is the time that I get to spend with time. my kids. Yeah. The time that I get to spend doing everything that I enjoy. Yeah. These days, I do between 20 and 25 hours of PT coaching in a week. I could do more, but it would mean sacrificing the time outside of that that and it's not a sacrifice i'm willing to make yeah you know i'm i'm hitting 45 this year i still have in my head that i might only have 10 years left both parents went mm. at 55 yeah. yeah and i'm like if that's all i've got left then i am going to enjoy as much of this time as i possibly can yeah. so a lot of things i started doing that I haven't done since I was a teenager, like surfing, yeah, skateboarding, yeah, and I'm like, these are things that I liked as a kid. So why aren't I still doing them now? Mm -hmm. And I think we, we seem to be constantly chasing this idea of happiness. Like I just, and I think wealth comes into that. What yeah. people yeah. think, and they think, if I've got this, I'll be happy. Yeah. So as long as I, if I do this work and if I do everything now and I give up all this time and then down the line, I'll be happy. Yeah. You might not see down the line. Yeah. And even if you do see down the line, you probably won't be happy. No. This is the thing, like everybody sort of talks about happiness as a state of mind. Yeah. Whereas in fact, it's an emotion. Yeah. You're not always happy. Yeah. Oh, if I just got this car, I'll be happy. Yeah. Oh, if I just earn this much, I'll be happy. If I could just do this, then I'd be happy. Yeah. But for how long? It's a fleeting moment of happiness. Yeah. yeah. And you do find a lot of the time people chase goals. As soon as they've hit that one, they goal. might be satisfied for a brief moment, but it's not yeah. happiness. Yeah. It's a tiny fleeting moment of joy yeah. before yeah. I need something else. Well, happiness is an emotion. It's yeah. not a, it, it isn't a state of mind that you can always be in. No. You can't always be happy. You wake up and have a shit day, bang your head as soon as you get out of bed, yeah? Fall down the stairs, you're probably not going to have a happy day. 
No. You know, things that are going to happen are going to make you not happy getting the gas bill. Yeah. You know, I'm not happy. No. Yeah. I, I never wasn't happy pe- this morning when I woke up at seven o'clock. Yeah. I didn't have time to have a coffee. Oh, yeah. that's wasn't the worst. Happy, yeah. Right. I'm happy now. Happy is an emotion. I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some awesome clients this morning and they made me happy. But by this afternoon, there's a good chance that I'm probably not going to be as happy as I was. So it, it's, it, it's an emotion. It's up and down, up and down. And I think people need to realize that, you know, if you're going around chasing happiness, then it's right there. It's yeah. not, it's not like, it's not a car. It's not a house. It's not a mortgage. Not material it's things. It's not material things. It is um, experiences. Yeah. And you've got to be prepared that to know that when you're not actually experiencing those things. Yeah. Yeah you may not be as happy. So me going on holiday, I'm not going to come away from being on holiday as happy as I was when I was no, there. That's you know? it. You go there, you've got no responsibility. Hopefully the sun is yeah, shining. Yeah. Yeah. Come back to rainy England. Yeah. And like to that point, like the weather can have such an oh, impact on our massively, state of mind as massively. well. Which at the moment is really fucking up my emotion. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know, one, one time it will be like sun. I mean, I've thought about getting a sad lab, you know. It's, I hear so many benefits about it, yeah. about getting that. And I mean, there's a lot of talk now around setting your Cacadian rhythm by being yeah, yeah, yeah. out in the first light, seeing first light and seeing last light. And it has this effect of yeah. helping to regulate the Cacadian yeah. rhythm and sleep and people feeling so much better. It's like, uh, was it Andrew Huberman, I think, was a big... Yeah, um, Huberman's yeah. Uh, a lot around that. Yeah. Um, and alcohol true, as well. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing as well, like people that, you know, talking about alcohol and yeah, it's all good to go out and have a drink every so often and, and stuff, but people start to rely on it for happiness. Same yeah. as like, drugs i'm not a big sort of like i've never really done many drugs i don't really know what they feel like right but from what i hear and from what sort of like you sort of get from the culture that we live in um it makes you feel awesome but yeah. is it real happiness is it real it's an escape yeah and this is the thing and you can have alcohol as an escape yes you can take drugs as an escape you can doom scroll through your phone as an escape Fitness. You can throw everything into work as an escape. Yeah. And people find it very hard to sit in their own company with nothing else going on. Yeah. I've heard of that before. And is that something that you do? Do you often like, sometimes, sometimes it'll be on the toilet, sometimes it'll be in the shower, but I love having a thinking shower. Call yeah. it a thinking shower. Sometimes I'll just shut the door in the bathroom, go in, and I'll just put the shower on and just stand under the shower. And then 20 there. minutes has gone yeah. by, a water bill is absolutely sky high. Yeah. But I've kind of got things right in my head. Yeah. And I've had nothing because I can't play my phone. No, but there's people that need to put music on when they're in the shower because they can't be Without in their anything. own thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And I think well, you'll have people say, oh, yeah, I tried uh, meditation, but um, I, I just can't empty my mind. Yeah. It's like you don't need to that's empty not, your that's mind. Not that's not the purpose about. of meditation. Mm. It's a lot of the time you, you want to be focusing on something. Like, and that's why a lot of people refer to breath uh, as like, you know, really focusing on the breath and the body when you're in meditation. But I don't know anybody that can completely empty the mind no. and not have a thought. No. Like, the idea isn't to be able to do that. It's to be able to almost 
not control your thoughts in that way, but have the ability to concentrate and focus on what you want to focus on. And even when you're doing that, they'll come across, these thoughts will still come across and you just go, that's not something I need to deal with right now. I'll push that to the side. I'm still focusing on this. And I think a lot of people, because they never genuinely kind of deal with what's going on, just find it so hard to sit in their own company. The telly's got to be on in the background. The phone's there, scrolling. They'll, they'll go on social media, scroll through for however long, put it down. I think it's going to help those minutes, people. Straight because again. It's helping me right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I know I do that. Yeah. I know that I, I can't sit. I can't go home and just sit. I have to go home, put TV on, even if I'm just watching Friends. Yeah. Seven thousand time, yeah, just something under the background. Yeah, I used to do that a and lot. I'm trying to figure out why. But a lot of the time, people don't know why, but there'll be an area of life that just maybe isn't where it needs to be. And um, what I tend to do a lot with clients at the start, because I'll have I'll, you get people that have got very defined goals of where they want to get to, and yeah. they. And what we don't do as coaches is tell people what to do to get there. Okay. What we do is help them to come to the right decision of where okay. they're going to, uh, guiding them as such rather than telling them. We can offer thoughts, but we don't say, I think you should do this. Yeah. Um, so it's not like... It's not like Inception, where you're putting an idea in somebody's yeah. head. You're just guiding them through. You're guiding them through. Ideas. A lot of time, people know their answers. Yeah. They just need somebody to help coax it out of them a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so we don't kind of say, you need to be doing this. What I do with people at the start, if they're not sure like, exactly where an issue is or some people just feel that there should be more but I'm not sure what that more is and I don't know what step I need to take to, to get to that more so I'll use like the wheel of life the balance wheel mm -hmm. uh, listing all those things have you heard of it before no never um, so um, I'll pull it up on yeah, here to show you uh, if go into balance wheel yeah, it's um, essentially what I spoke about earlier, where I'm saying there's other areas of life. So we use this wheel, and you've got significant other personal growth, fun and leisure, home environment, career, money, health, friends and family. Okay. And you grade yourself out of 10 in each of those areas. And zero being the worst, 10 being the best. And you'll see which areas of life need work working on. on. And then as well as looking at, okay, this is where it is, we can also then say, well, where would I like this to be? And realistically, nothing's going to be 10 all the way around. No, no, no. It's, it's never going to happen Would you like get that. some people that would, at the say you've got like a, a new client who potentially is a little bit affronted by not being put in 10 down as everything? No, it's would, never. Would, would it, has it never happened? No. Most, I suppose most people that are coming for life coaching have got. A, have got a, they're not going to come unless they know. 
they've got work to yeah. do on, on their life. And realistically, that's yeah, yeah. nobody's ever going to put even the people that you kind of think of where you like their lives completely together. It won't be a ten on everything. No. Yeah, there might be areas that are a ten, and they're like that is so good, like it could not be any better. And you're like, brilliant, yeah. like that's fine. But there'll be an area that's a bit lower. And you'll have to bring that. And yeah. then when you shift your focus onto that one, chances are you're going to take your attention off another one. Yeah. And that's going to dip a little bit. So the idea isn't to... Do you want it to all be tens or do you want them to all be like split between them for all, from all to be sevens? You want sixes? it to be balanced, yeah. like yeah. somewhere high up. Yeah. It's never going to be where you could turn around is there, is there any area of your life where you could say that's absolutely perfect I don't think it can be any better no and there never is going to be realistically um, but there'll be areas that are higher areas that are lower and you might have one month where you're like I need to put some attention into this this has taken a real dip let's say it's work yeah you know we have clients and we have a lot of clients that we talk to and we as well as the sessions, we, we have conversations with them outside the yeah. sessions as well. But if our attention, where let's say we went away for a month, so our attention really went on fun and leisure, and we're like, right, I'm going to, like an influencer, go off to Bali for the month, yeah. then fun and leisure would be through the roof. But that career is going to take a little dip because we're not going to have the same contact no, that we exactly. had with our clients while we're over there. So it's going to slowly start coming down. So the idea is we want to look at all of these areas. And what I'll do as a starting point to send that out, and it gives us that starting point, what's the lowest one? Yeah. And we don't look at how do I get that, let's say it comes back as a three in one of the areas. We don't say how do I get that from a three to an eight? First step is how do we get that from a three to a four? And we'll look at bringing it up. And you've got to keep looking at it regularly to say, okay, so while I'm doing that, is every other area good? Because then if you notice one starting to come down, you could be like, yeah, because I've been putting so much time into this, I haven't seen my friends as much, so my social life's gone down. So I know this month I need to start putting a little bit of attention because there's so much of it. Yeah, All of them areas, there's so many different areas that it's just going to be natural that one area dips, one area climbs. So the idea isn't that they're all a 10. The idea is that they probably all go between a 6 and an 8, ideally. Yeah. And we catch one as it's dipping, and they fluctuate. lift it up, and it's another one will come down. And we try and keep that balance going around. And this is why I say about, I don't like work-life balance because work is just one tiny part yeah. of that. Yeah. It When you think about how even we think we spend so much time at work, but when you actually break it down, it's less than a third of us time over a year. Yeah. And you include like holidays and yeah. weekends and that's awake time as well. That doesn't even include yeah. sleep. sleep. Uh, so it, it's not re- it is a big area. But it's not as big as I think as what we sometimes think yeah. it is. Yeah. So we've got to break down the, the the rest of those areas. Is it because and 
I don't want to go around in circles again, bringing money up again, but do you think that people put such a big emphasis on work because to them it's the most important thing? Or it seems to be the most important thing. And when you're working for somebody, we're lucky enough to be self-employed. Yeah. We do what the fuck we want, realistically. Yeah. yeah. But when you're working for somebody, which I suppose that we are, we're working for our clients. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're working for somebody and you've got a boss, you've got the pressure and you've got pressures of being employed and having deadlines and having this to do and having that to do, mm-hmm. it obviously you don't get those same kind of pressures from other parts of your life, do you? So do you no. put so do you put a an emphasis on work because of that reason? I think a lot of people do. And let's say I'm not saying it, it's a bad thing. If you if work is something that you enjoy and you like what you get from it, it's not a bad thing to put that emphasis on there. Yeah. My role is geared more towards the people that are doing that but don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you are in that situation and you're enjoying that, then, yeah, crack on with it. But I think a lot of the time people come with so much stress away from that where they're doing work outside of work because... They yeah. feel that they haven't got the time inside of work to get everything that's expected of them done. And especially this is where... in this day and age, especially now because of... So well, I'm going to break this now and just say, let's talk about post-COVID. Let's talk about how people are living when they've got now got the, I'm going to open brackets this, opportunity to work from home. Yes. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Because I have got... I've heard so many different thoughts. I know so many different people that work from home and are now wanting to go back into the office and things like that. What are your thoughts as a as a life coach? Say you've got somebody who comes in who's working from home and they're not having a great time of it. Like, why is that? Because on paper it sounds amazing. Don't have to go it does to work. sound amazing. But you also have to remember that in so many people's lives, work takes up such a huge chunk of their time that their social interactions come from work. Yeah. And if you're all of a sudden at home on your own, you lose all that social life. We are social animals at the end of the day. Um, We thrive best around other people Um, to the point where studies show the more lonely you are, the the earlier you are, you're going to die. So... I think when we send everyone home and we're like, right, work from home, that's it can be great, but you've got to use it to your advantage. Yeah. Like, go and work abroad. <laughs> if yeah. you're working from home and you don't yeah. need to be in this country, yeah. go, go and abroad. work somewhere that's nice, where yeah. you can sit on the beach and work. And go work in a coffee, go and do it, spend an afternoon working out of a coffee shop coffee shop where you can actually have a chat with people and be around people so i've got a a friend that actually works from home yeah and she got herself a second job working beyond the bar she didn't need the money no but she wanted that social interaction interaction. and i think work takes up so much that we can have friends but everybody's in such busy lives that those friends don't always come together as often as they'd like yeah and as well, I really almost envy the, the the more Mediterranean kind of lifestyle yeah. where evening meals are a social yeah, event. Like when, when we were living in Jib, 
we'd have <laughs> you'd go out on a night and kids would be out yeah at 10 11 o'clock at night yeah here you get funny looks if if i try and take my daughter to a restaurant past six o'clock yeah i start getting funny looks yeah you know yeah, it's it, like it, they it, don't want kids around i don't want kids around yeah. and it's like well you know that's it's it's socializing yeah you know and going back to like working from home there's also the aspect of you know you don't really want to work where you do your social does that yeah thing, does your that kind well, that's your, your rest life. area people that have their desk by the side of their bed don't sleep well don't sleep at well. all yeah people that work out of their kitchen the kitchen is the most social part of the house yeah so if you're like I know that when I'm doing my programming, I, I had to set up an office in my house yeah. because I was spending so much time in the kitchen that actually the laptop was there. So when me and my wife, like we always have meals together, we always, because it might be the only time of the day where we actually get to sit down and have a chat. Yeah. So alone. So there was getting, getting to a point where we were sitting at the kitchen table and I'd have the laptop open. Yeah. She's trying to talk to me and I'm trying to work. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Laptop goes away, goes upstairs. And I think a lot of people get, have got into that thing as well because it does, it bleeds out into relationships. It does. Again. Yeah. And you can't have a rest and work area that's the same no. location. No. Like during COVID, the very first lockdown, I did have that originally. It was in my normal living room area that I was doing that work. Yeah. And I had to move it because it was affecting that once. I wasn't working. I couldn't. I couldn't seem to settle in that room. It's like this is my normal relaxation room, and I just wanted to get out of that Sorry, room. Yeah. So I'm look. I'm fortunate enough to have two reception rooms, like so. I've got yeah. the living room and the other room. So yeah. it was like right. I went where we could go, which I think was B and M at the time, because yeah. there weren't many places open, yeah. and I got everything set up so that it was in that room yeah. out of the way. Same as me. And that was the room that I'd also made into a gym. So okay. it very much so became like work for me. Yeah. Were and that. So you go in there when you know you, that's work time. Yeah. And then home time. That's it. And you have a room. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, I think for a lot of people, working from home can be great. And there's a brilliant book, Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Work Week, yep. which is pre-COVID. Yeah. Where it's actually in that book, giving people the kind of plan of how to be able to work remotely yeah and then we kind of just got that given to Absolutely us Absolutely brilliant we we're kind of like forced upon us yeah almost i mean again right i'll put a caveat on that book right it is an absolutely amazing book but don't read it under the assumption that you're going to be able to get away with working for four hours a week. no definitely not right it's not it, it, that's in the title yeah but what it actually means is how to manage your work that's it. I'm going to have to say it because I don't know any other way to say it, but to manage your work-life balance, your life-work balance. Yeah. Right? That, I prefer it that way yeah. around, life-work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another awesome book by Tim Ferriss, Tours of Titans. Yeah. If you've read it. I've not read phenomenal. that one. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, great. Where can people find you if they want uh, to get so in contact? So I am on Instagram. Yep. Uh, as Gaz Cheatham Coaching. Yep. And TikTok is Gaz Cheatham Coaching, awesome. or you can email me at gazcheatham.coaching at gmail.com. Awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. No problem. We'll have to do at another all. one soon. Yeah, definitely.